and welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing True Lies, which was released in the US on the 15th of July 1984, and in the UK and Ireland on the 12th of August 1984. Not actually that far, just a few weeks, that's unusual. It was written and directed by James Cameron, based on a screenplay for a, I don't know, a French movie, I think it yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it stars Adam Schwarzenegger, Jim Lee Curtis, uh, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, briefly, well, kind of briefly, um, Tia Carrera, Art Malik, and Elijah Dushman. Jimmy and I have each thought of three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss them. We also will each have one positive for the movie. Yes. We will, indeed. That's how we do things. Yes. Uh, what's your history? Um, I saw it in the cinema. By now, you should know, I am an Arnold fan. I'm a what? movie fan. I know. So I went to the cinema and saw this, and um, I loved it. Um, and I think I loved it. I, I, I think I. One of the main problems I have with it now, I still had back then. But the first forty minutes and the last forty minutes, the action is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, visible stunt double aside, and he's there a lot. Um, there's practical close-ups of the stunt double. It's quite jarring. That aside, the action is good, and I enjoy the action in this movie. And then I have seen it a, a lot of times since. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Um, I rented it once and liked it. Like, a lot of movies, yeah. I remember being excited <laughs> about them or seeing them in the theater or whatever, but this is just one where I was just like, all right, I'm going to watch this now, and I liked it. I've seen it a couple times over the years. But it's it's kind of like Last Action Hero, where like I wasn't you know super pumped, didn't think I cared yeah. about an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but yeah, I really liked it. Um, and it's one of the few movies we've done for this podcast that Dylan has wanted to watch with me. He was so pumped to watch it last night. Um, he was so excited, and then he turned to me at, at a certain point, some scene with uh, Tia Kerr, and he was like, "If you guys want to do Wayne's World, I would be all for that." <laughs> Yeah, I really like Wayne's World. I've seen it once. <laughs> yeah. I even like Wayne's World too. I'm one of those people who enjoy the sequel as well. And a lot of people don't like the sequel. I don't know if I ever I saw it. Yeah, I really enjoy both those movies. But yeah, Dylan loves True Lies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can be friends with Dylan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't think he can be friends with you if you don't like True Lies. Well, you see, that's the thing. I was looking at, I was looking at things online, right? And this movie has like an overwhelming, like response of people really liking this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And while I really enjoy the action, I mean, I can't get into it because it's, it's part of my, one of my problems. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't think this is one of the best. One of the best action movies. As 90s action movies go, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Um, but then again, it's no face-off or con air. So, um, so what is your first problem? Um, <laughs> uh, women can't live with them, can't kill them. Um, there's a lot of uh, lines about women and sex in this movie that I totally get were like I probably found them funny at the time whichever ones I understood anyway um because I 
when I saw this, I probably didn't know what a blowjob was. There's like all these little like this misogyny, especially from Tom Arnold, that's supposed to be like really funny. And it's Mm -hmm. a bit much for me. It's just a bit much for me in 2021, especially um, even the idea of like, I know it's supposed to be funny, all the lengths that Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to to find out what his wife is doing. Um, Uh But it's 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 actually now that I'm older and I know more about like abuse and stuff. It's actually a little scary. Yeah, that's that's um, that's my main problem is that Harry is a fucking man baby who uses um, government resources to illegally spy on his wife despite uh, the fact that if she was having an affair, it would be his fucking fault. Well, yeah, okay, but that that is... This, one thing I really like about this movie and one of the things I like about Tara Monerald is he's like, yeah, your wife's having an affair, you're never home. Like, I'm not saying... Yeah. I'm not saying cheating is good, but no. there are situations you hear about where it's like, it makes sense that that's what would happen. And it's yeah, like, she's not cheating, no. he has this double life. He's never home. He mm. misses out on important yeah. events. Like, yeah. can can you be shocked? Like, I kind of I kind of liked that attitude from Tom Arnold. Um, I mean, yeah. he could have been a little more sympathetic to him. I think Tom Arnold is a proxy for G- uh, James Cameron in this movie. You think so? Yeah, because James Cameron had just been through his third divorce by the time this movie, <laughs> he wrote this movie. His third divorce, Jen. And I think he was probably the same with um, Spielberg and Lucas when they made the second Indiana Jones film. They were kind of on a we hate women thing mm-hmm. at that particular moment in time, which is why they have written. He, he wrote Tom Arnold to say those things, but he also wrote Tom Arnold to be sort of like, well, do you blame? You know, mm-hmm. do you blame them? I think there's a little bit of like self-reflection in there for James Cameron. Arnold, Harry, sort of psych- psychologically tortures his wife mm-hmm. and puts her through actual fucking hell mm-hmm. just because he wants to find out if if she's cheating on him. And I think that is a bit much. Yeah, I I don't know if that's in the original French movie because uh, I've never seen it, but I do think that is a bit much. Uh, and that is that's my main problem with this movie is I like the first forty minutes, and I like up until where after the the, the horse scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy gets away. He he's with the horse. He gets up off the building, and then it cuts to them at home, and then from then on up until he escapes being tortured. I am bored out my fucking skull in this movie. All all the stuff with Jamie Lee Curtis and Bill Paxton, I really do not like, and I've never liked it. Uh, I thought the Bill Paxton stuff never. was funny. Um, I just no. what what this movie, honestly, and I don't know because I don't necessarily think that they realized what they were making at the time, because I read that James Cameron like that Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to have first billing. His name comes up, it says True Lies, and then Jamie Lee Curtis's name. And then James Cameron realized it was more of a like domestic movie, like about their relationship. And so he asked to have um Jamie Lee Curtis Curtis's name also moved above the title, which Arnold Schwarzenegger agreed to, um, which apparently is like a huge thing for an actor to give up because they love having first billing. Yeah. What they clearly wanted to do 
was something a little more Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The way that I've read them talking about the finished product, I think that they maybe at the time didn't realize that they were really making a movie about a marriage and that mm-hmm. if they were to remake it, they would probably lean in more on that mm-hmm. and it would and maybe flesh that out a little more. But it, it's like they were making this action movie and then they, after it was all done, they realized, oh, this is the interesting story, right? But it's it mm-hmm. and it makes it feel a little unbalanced. Yeah. Um but I, I do <laughs> the Bill Paxton stuff is funny to me just because that's a that's a hilarious con. It's so sad. He's yeah. so pathetic. He is very pathetic, yeah. I, I fall asleep during that bit. I just think it's I don't know, because I'm really enjoying the action and then there's forty minutes of pretty much solid, you know, straight action. Mm-hmm. And because there's escape from the chateau at the beginning, and then you've got like a little debriefing um, with Charlton Heston of all people wearing an eye patch, and then you've got um, a little bit of them at home. But then it's straight back in action with that bloody great fight scene in the bathroom, and then um, and then the chase with the horse, and I'm loving all of that stuff. And then just the Bill Paxton stuff happens, and I'm just like. You're not even really using Bill Paxton, right? You're not. He, he's only there for this, do you know? Mm-hmm. And then the the gag at the end, it's like put him in it a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It just seems a bit sort of dull to me. This that that entire forty minutes or whatever it is. I'm pretty sure it's forty minutes. I checked. Um, I was just bored. But then the action started again, and I was loving it. So you know, yeah. I just think it's a bit of a misstep, just that that whole 40 minutes. So what is your second problem? Um, my second problem is, well, I'll, I'm going to switch them because uh, what you were just saying, I think, kind of goes into my third problem. So I'm just switching them up. Um, I like to do it, you know, we like to try to do them in chronological order. But um, yeah, I changed mine because my first one is at, right at the beginning of the movie, but I changed Um. It's that I the movie's too long. Like I right when we were yeah. getting ready to watch it, I looked at the runtime and I was like, "Oh crap, it's two hours and twenty minutes." I was like, "I would have started this earlier because we watched it up so the shrink next door before we watched the movie." And Dylan was like, "Something this awesome can't be too long." But um, I think part of your problem with the movie um, could be solved by because I felt like while the action stuff at the beginning is good. Like, if they had trimmed some of that down, because I think that maybe the rest of the movie, like the marriage stuff and the Bill Paxton stuff, wouldn't have been as boring to you if it had been apparent earlier in the movie that that was going to be so much of the focus. But you have so much action. And because I already I mean, and I'm I already was going to say that I thought there was just like a bit too much action at the beginning before we really get into what the movie's about. Um but it's because it's so unbalanced. Like like you said, there's all this yeah. action at the beginning, and then it seems boring to you for a while, and then there's more action, and it just seems like because yeah, I don't I don't give a shit about Bill Paxton pretending to be a spy. I just I don't care. But and he's pretending to be a spy when her husband's really a spy. Oh ha ha, funny. But don't you th- don't care? Do you think that if um there had been less action at the beginning and that's earlier in the movie, it wouldn't have felt so boring to you because it would have been like, oh, this is what the movie is. Instead of if like, they added, if they added more of that stuff in between the two action scenes, it probably would have been better. Yeah. Like if they expanded on it a little bit more with her and Bill Paxton, and then we got the the chase with the horse, and then we got back into that. 
then it probably would be, uh, yeah. I would accept it more, yeah, absolutely. Rather than 40 minutes of Bill Paxton's uh, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, being psychologically tortured by her husband, <laughs> uh, which is terrible, and he's a big fucking man-baby, wasting resources just to spy on his wife. I, Fuck him. I, I, so, I, guess inst- <laughs> I guess instead of saying it's too long, what I should really say is it has pacing problems. It definitely does, but it is also too long because I watched it. I watched to the end, and I was watching the end credits because I was listening to the end credits song, mm-hmm. um, the cover of "Sunshine of Your Love," and because uh, it was just playing on my laptop. And the film finished it like um, there was only like three minutes of credits, which is crazy to me, considering that in this day and age is usually like fifteen minutes of fucking credits. Yeah. There was like three minutes of credit. Oh my god. So Yesterday the- we watched Venom and mm. Dylan was fast forwarding through the credits to get to the end scene. It took mm. so long to fast yeah. forward. It, it's crazy. It's insane. It really is insane just how long credits are these days. I mean, you could say more people are involved with movies these days, but. It's because of special effects, man. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. But I also think that even like uh, smaller movies, the credits are a little bit too long. I think they just, I, I think credits are slower these days as well, just to try and, mm-hmm. you know, pad the time. To sort of slow them down now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, my, well, no, okay. I agree. I think that if it's a pacing problem, I still think it's too long at 2 hours and 20. But it's a pacing problem. But don't they still kind of... Just mix things around a little don't bit. Don't they go kind of hand in hand? Like, pacing mm. and time? I mean... Yeah, but you could you could cut some out. You could, but um, then also if they rearrange some stuff, who knows? Maybe maybe two, two hours and 20 minutes would play very differently. I think so, yeah. I do. Because that 40 minutes of that storyline just doesn't do it for me. And I think it is because I was spoiled with the 40 minutes of action previously. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then there's 40 minutes of action after it. It's, it's, it's just, it's so weird, the pacing in this movie. But, you know, I do enjoy the action. I do think it's some really well, there's some great stunt work. Uh, even though you see a stunt double constantly. Um, I took screenshots <laughs> of his um, stunt double. I was going to try and make gifs of his stunt double, but I, I don't really know how to make gifs yet. But there's scenes where, like, when he's rolling down the hill mm-hmm. and the light's shining on his face, it's clearly a stunt double. Or when he's in a horse and you actually see him, like, pretty much close up because the camera turns to him and he's, so it's, you know. Um, I, I tweeted today about uh, the, the time that George Reinhold... Um, stunt doubled for Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, True Lies because the stunt double looks like George <laughs> Reinhold in that. That is crazy. My my second problem, which is actually my first problem, is I can't remember the guy's name. The, the tech guy, is it Faisal? Faisal or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know. Um, He pees outside and then he proceeds to go into the van and use all the equipment in the van <laughs> without washing his hands. And that disgusted me. It disgusted me, Jack. Um... You could have at least have used some snow, like melt some snow to clean your hands. You know, at least something. But no, disgusting. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. 
That wasn't going to be a problem until I noticed it, and I was like, oh, you dirty bastard. Uh, what's your next problem? Uh, my next problem is that Helen seems like a very smart woman. Um, I don't understand why when she's being asked all these inappropriate questions, she's not like, why the hell do you need to know that? Like, she's answering the questions uh, about, like, her marriage and if she, like, had an affair and stuff. But, like, yeah. no. No. Like, who who in the world would need to know that information? Exactly. It just really bothers me that she doesn't fight back a little more against answering those questions. But this is written by a man who was just coming off his third divorce. So. I know. That's my answer. Okay. That. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though, because James Cameron has usually got a really good reputation of writing women. Mm-hmm. And I think he drops the ball considerably in this movie. The way that he's written the women in this movie. he He's really. I don't know if it is because of the divorce, but. You know, it seems like it could have been. Because mm-hmm. he just divorced Catherine Bigelow. Um, and, you know, that sort of thing. Sort of, it must weigh on the mind of an egotistical wanker like James Cameron. <laughs> James Cameron, so, ego, what? I know, shocking! My final problem is, how much time has passed in that last scene? Because surely Helen went through years of training to become a spy, right? Uh, no. <laughs> come on this isn't just like one of those oh they're together just because it's a cute ending come on now it's yeah I mean it's a year later and she's all of a sudden an agent I mean you're not supposed to think about the logic of a lot of this movie That's no I know but it, it just that just seems to me like the easy way out it is that is giving Harry what he wants because Harry no longer has to worry about his wife yeah finding out about him or being at home worrying about him, you know? Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to do that anymore. He has his wife by his side where he can watch her at all times now. Um, And, you know, she watches him, of course. Uh, But now Dana is at home alone and could lose both her parents. Yay! <laughs> um, so... We're, we're, we're not going to talk about the elephant in the room uh, regarding the We're not? Rescue, I, ah, do you want to? Um, You know how it is. Anytime we watch something where something problematic happened or someone problematic is in it, um, I think it's important to acknowledge it. We don't have to talk we'll in depth. It. But yes, we'll acknowledge it. Uh, this is a movie where Elijah Dushku was sexually abused by um, a stunt coordinator. And she got hurt in a stunt, and she thinks he did it on purpose. Yeah. And when she came out with these allegations, and this is just like three years ago that she came out with this, um, the her co-stars from this movie, um, and I think James Cameron, like they all tweeted out words of support and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is always important because the next thing after hearing about something like that is you wait to see what the other people who were there say. Yeah, like, we don't have to talk about it a lot, but it was just, like, she was 12, and she was taken advantage of, and it's it, it's just shitty. And I hate that she had that yeah. experience. C- coming forward to that story, she didn't, I mean, obviously no one needs to, but, like, especially something that had happened so long ago, and something, like, at that age, it's, like, so traumatic. But she talked about it, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that she also dealt with sexual harassment on the set of the show Bull. Um, and oh. I think she even su- successfully sued CBS 
um, because of that. Uh, And if I remember correctly, one of the reasons she was suing them is because she got fired from the job because she was speaking out against the sexual harassment. And I really, I, I love someone like her who is fighting back and is telling her story because that needs to happen more often for this kind of behavior to stop. Yeah, she was in the, the last few episodes of season one of Bull, and she um, she had the option of coming back as a series regular in the next season. Her character was sort of like a fixer mm-hmm. type person, and she was going to work with Michael Weatherly's um, Bull, who is a... whatever the fuck he is. He's... He like... Uh, He's like a lawyer, but not really a lawyer. He like like kind of a jury coaches. consultant, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is also a massive wanker, um, yeah. and um, I I think it was the accusation was against Michael Weatherly. Mm-hmm. He said inappropriate things to her, and obviously, as a not, I mean, even as a human being, as a woman, you know, you don't say stuff like that. But, you know, you obviously don't say stuff like that to, like, survivors of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so the studio and all that sided with him, and she gets sacked. Uh, I don't suppose they were going to get rid of him because it was his show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets sacked, and she sued to get how many... Wa- her wages that she would have got if she was going to be in the next season. Yeah. Because she was going to be in the next season, and she won. So good for her. Yeah, yeah. I was really glad that she won that. Um, I was not glad the show got to stay on. Um, and I remember, I remember when she went on that show because I had watched the pilot for my pilot oh. inspectors podcast, and oh. um, I I wasn't into it or anything. But when I heard she was going to be on, and I was like, well, maybe I'll give it another shot because I really like her. Oh. Um, oh. and I'm glad I did not give that show my support. Yeah, I watched I watched the first season. I think I watched the first couple of episodes of season two, and I was just getting fed up with it because the character was just an arse. Um, and I just don't like. I don't know. I'm getting a bit fed up with these main characters and TV shows who are arseholes, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to like them because they're smart and they can solve things and they can do things. Like the Mentalist, mm-hmm. the TV show, The Mentalist. He is exceedingly smart. He solves a lot of crimes. He's a massive fucking wanker, <laughs> and I gave up watching that show because I really didn't like. I didn't like the performance, and I didn't like the character. Uh, so that was the same with Bill. I just didn't like the character. I liked some of the secondary characters. There was uh, like the the female um, computer expert girl. Mm-hmm. She was really good. I liked her. She leaves in like season two or something. So I, I wouldn't have stayed on anyway because one character I like, two characters, Legend of Scoosbell, uh, weren't in it anymore, so no point. Um, so I think it's important that people speak out when stuff like this happens, but I also understand that it's not easy to speak mm-hmm. out. And it must it took a lot of fucking courage for her to do what she did and to say it. And then you get arsehole saying, oh, why didn't you come out and see it? Like, when it happened in 94, and it's like, because she was 12, dude. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, you know? and you get so manipulated by these people. And people think it's so, like, people don't understand how much someone can really mess with your head and your thinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, 
that's just it's people are constantly blaming kids for not coming forward and it's like the kids are often very scared and when they're they're that young they also often think it's their own fault or the whether they convince themselves it's their own fault or their abuser convinces them it's their own fault so i just hope she had good experiences on the stuff she did after this uh, like I hope, I hope Bye Bye Love was was a real nice time for her because um, I know that some young actors, you know, have just had to deal with abuse on set after set. Oh yeah, Bye Bye Love. That was after this. Wasn't I think it? so. Yeah, I love Bye Bye Love. Yeah, she was in another movie before this. Uh, what was it called? The one with Juliette Lewis. She's like fascinated with Juliette Lewis. That sounds familiar. I don't think I saw it though. That Night or something, I think it's called. Maybe. Um, I, I did see it. Uh, I think uh, Catherine Heigl's in that as well. Um, so, yeah, I saw that. I'd be a bye-bye love. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember enjoying it. I've movie. seen it one million times. I'm surprised I haven't made us watch it for the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I watched it last year. It's great. Okay. And it has multiple Buffy people. Yeah. The guy who... Uh, Elijah Dushku, um I just like saying her full name. Uh, that's like Alyssa Milano, I just like saying her name. <laughs> uh, Joe Kramer mm-hmm. said, um, these are outlandish manipulated lies. Uh, I never sexually molested her. I think she's making this up in her imagination. Her imagination. Yeah, she's not 12 anymore, mate. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. That's infuriating. That is. Anyway, so what we're saying is, fuck all men. So, (laughs) what is your uh, positive? It's like the opposite of one of your negatives. Right. Um, I, while there are clearly some some problems with women in this movie, um, I'm also kind of thinking of it, like a lot of it is just thinking of it through the lens of, was it, 94? Mm -hmm. Um. Helen, I do think, is more than, like, a damsel in distress. Um, mm. Although I, I think her being rescued, it's not, like, when I think of her being rescued in this movie, it's not as much her being rescued from danger as her being rescued from her boring-ass life. Um, yeah. I appreciate, while I think there's some, you know, there's obviously I have some problem with misogyny in this movie and stuff, I think that there is something refreshing about the fact that like, once again, that they say, well, it makes sense she would cheat. Like, she's not she's not turned into, like, a villain because of her relationship with Bill Paxton. And it's also that she, you know, she gets this moment where she's just like, I'm bored. Like, my husband's never around. Like, I thought my life was going to be different. Um, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with how things are going. I want to be more than a wife and mother. Like, I want something exciting to happen. And that's real, man. Like... No, no, but she's not treated as a villain because she's not a villain. She doesn't cheat. I know, but like, I mean... She's not not doing what she's doing because Bill Paxton, she finds him attractive. She's doing it because she likes the idea of hanging around with a spy. That's why she's doing it. She's wanting adventure. She doesn't want to bang him. But that's what I'm saying is that it's... If you look at a lot of movies... A woman would not be portrayed that um, sympathetically mm-hmm. in this kind of position. Yeah, no, my problem um, with the Helen thing isn't really Helen. It's my problem is the, the my problem is Harry mm-hmm. and what he does 
That's my problem with the Helen well, situation. My, well, my positive is Helen, because I do appreciate a lot of what is said there, especially because the thing is, we, and when I say we, I mean uh, women, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mostly women, um, we aren't supposed to admit if we are dissatisfied with our life. Like, we're not supposed to say anything that might imply that, like, we, you know, our kids aren't enough for us yeah. or anything like that. And in a yeah. world where we're not supposed to talk about these things, the fact that this character gets to, like, unapologetically be like, my life isn't enough for me and come off sympathetic instead of, like, being villainized for that. Yeah. It's fantastic because it is like it's insane like if you go on social media if anyone tells the truth about their feelings about like motherhood or being a wife um and like what's expected of them people will jump down their throats. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um and it's and it's honestly it's mostly women who get really upset about it and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't feel like they can ever admit it. So no one else is allowed to either. Um, or they spent a lot of time being in denial about it. But it, like, I was actually talking to somebody about this a couple of days ago that, like, you know, this year, once I got vaccinated and everything, I started going out more and I found a bar that I go to all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's been wonderful. Like, I'm social for the first time in years. And, um, like, once you go to the same place all the time, you get to know all the people. And, um, I, yes. Well, yeah, I keep, I keep saying that, like, it's, I I get the theme song now, right? Like sometimes yeah. you want to go where everybody knows your name. But um one of the things there is that I have met everyone there on my own. Like obviously I meet them through the other people I meet there, but I've met it's not like I met them through coworkers, it's not like I met them through family, it's not like they're my husband's friends. I met them on my own mm-hmm. and I can control what they do and do not know about me. Mm-hmm. I have more control over my image than you normally do in situations. And cause I, and, and this came up cause my friend said, Oh, I keep forgetting you have a kid. And it's not that I never talk about Xander when I'm there, but it's also like any other point in my life. Like if I show up to a party or something like, cause so many parties these days, it'll be at like a family party or whatever, like kids are there and they'll be like, where's Xander? I'm like, well, I, I came without him, you know, mm-hmm. or it's like, where's Dylan? And it's, it's like, or if somebody's asking, it's not, how are you doing? It's, how's the kid doing, right? Or how's the family doing? And it, it's so frustrating sometimes to feel like the bulk of your identity to other people is your spouse and your child. Yeah. So, Helen, I appreciate it. No, I understand that. I do understand that part of it. Yeah. I just found it fucking boring. But I, <laughs> it's just... Again, my problem is the Harry side of it. Because mm-hmm. if she was to cheat on him, it is absolutely 100% his fault. Yet he... I mean, it's her fault for cheating, but he, yeah. he's the one who drives her to it. He would be the one... Because he doesn't let her in and anything, and he's just, he pretends to be this dull, boring guy and doesn't fucking talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And it's just... I wouldn't blame her if she did cheat on Harry. It's the rare time that you're sympathetic towards someone who might be cheating. Yes, exactly. Because I get it. And he is living this double life, but there's mm-hmm. no really any real indication that he doesn't want to live that double life. He doesn't. I mean, I don't think he says he wants to tell Helen, 
Does he? So I don't think so. Yeah. So I mean, if maybe if he said, "I wish I could just tell Helen," and then Tom Arnold, being a wanker that he is, says, "You can't do that. Don't tell the bitch anything," because you know mm-hmm. it's funny saying "bitch" about a woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe then I would like Harry a little bit more. But he just yeah. comes across as this big fucking whiny child. Wow, my wife's cheating on me because I ignore her. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. <laughs> you big fucking Austrian oak. And why is he talking Austrian when he's supposed to be an American, um, you know, spy? And he's... Oh, never mind. That's, that's another thing. Anyway, um, I don't have any notes... Because we said everything. I I have one thing. Yay, go for it. When Tom Arnold is talking about his ex and mm. like what kind of crazy bitch takes the ice cubes or the ice trays out of the freezer, mm. that came from a conversation he had with James Cameron about Roseanne Barr. Ro- when he and Roseanne Barr got divorced, yeah. she literally took the ice trays out really? of the freezer. And oh. I thought that was hilarious. Like... The line he says is exactly what he said to James Cameron. Also, I haven't seen my positive yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't, right? Sorry. No, uh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Anyway, next week, Jen. Yes. Is our final movie of our Schwarzenegger season. And it is also the first movie of our short Christmas season of movies that we're doing. Because, you know, we're in December. So we're doing Jingle All the Way. May the Lord have mercy on our souls. <laughs> uh, but you haven't seen it. So, you know, that would be, be interesting. That would be interesting to see how you feel about Jingle all the way. Yeah, because that's another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I've never seen. And now yeah. it, it's it's good that we're finally getting out of this because I was starting to feel like this was an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. And I was like, <laughs> what Arnold Schwarzenegger movie am I picking next? <laughs> Because I've enjoyed it. I'm not complaining, but it's just... It's, yeah, no, you agreed to it, so... Yeah, like, I talk, you know, I'll talk to my friends, and, like, every week I'll be like, hey, I watched this movie, and they're like, why are you watching all these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies? Yeah, we're just doing a season. We're doing something fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But then we're, now we're doing Christmas movies. Uh. I think we're only doing three Christmas music movies. Yeah, we are. Okay, so... That's all we have time for. Uh, Jingle the Way was 97, I think, I want to say. Yeah. If you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. If you want to uh, go to our website, it's shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address if you want to send us feedback. Um, so uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.